Well, welcome everyone to another episode of The Miles Driven with me, Miles. And Obrigada for tuning in from me, Sam. Oh, you did go exactly. Nah, you don't even know what that is, do you? Um, well, here's the next 15 minutes of the podcast, no. everyone. <laughs> no, that's got, but not Portuguese, I suppose, no. Well, you tell me when you're giving a guess. Yeah, uh, South American language I'm going to go no. with. Um, uh, well, they, I mean, they use it in South America. Okay, Portuguese then. Yes. Oh, I was right. Yeah, but you don't know what it means in Portuguese. Uh, you have to listen greetings. to what I actually said. And what did you say? I said, obrigado from me for tuning in. Uh, welcome from me? No. Uh, thanks for this. Yeah, thank you. Oh, well, that's a good one, that was. Yeah. I like that. Our, our, our listeners will be uh, enthralled by your... Oh, I'm sure. They'll be in the edge of their seats. Yeah. Well, the Portuguese <laughs> listeners will be loving it. All the, all the Brazilian ones as well. <laughs> And what? members of my family, if they're listening, yes. because we all went to Portugal last year. Yes. Ah, uh, is that where you learnt it? Yeah, of course. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, today, we have got listeners' questions. We do. We, we, we've been sort of warming this up for a couple of podcasts, but there were some questions we've been saving and thought we'd do a, a whole podcast on them because some of them, well, all of them, have been really good questions, but these ones... Couldn't tomorrow. Some of them haven't been very good by the sounds of it. No, I know. It was just that some <laughs> They're of them... the ones we've been including in the podcast. Yeah. Some of them we were already <laughs> answering, um, or people we could just send a quick message back. But these ones, actually, we thought a lot of people might want to hear an answer to this, so let's do a whole podcast on it. Do you want to... How do you want to do it, Sam? Do you want to read the questions and then we both answer, or do you want me yeah. to read some of the questions? Miles is desperate for me to take some ownership of something in this podcast, so I guess I'm going to have to read them out. And then, okay. uh, then you can start with your answers. Well, you're answering it. So let's go and start with you. Okay, so I've got what one from got? John here. He says, I'd like to know your opinion of more sustainable interior materials, such as leather imitations. Uh, okay, yeah. We've had this previously on one of our podcasts about materials coming in that are vegan leather, cloth interiors. Uh, the Honda E has sort of stretched back to going with their cloth satin that wasn't uh, i don't mind a cloth interior but it felt like sitting in a 1993 honda civic so yeah wasn't that impressed with with uh i don't i don't, as I, say, I don't mind a cloth it's just i'm not going to sit on some of the older cloth feeling seats and say anything spectacular about it they do the job they do it well there's not much more from the cloth side i'm not a fan of the plastic leather vegan leather however they want to call it as long as the leather is a byproduct to me, then I would rather have proper leather. And yeah. I don't I don't think it's you know, if we go back in human history, when animals were killed for fur because you lived in an igloo, <laughs> yeah. then I think that was fair game, that was survival. <laughs> Is that a large period of human history? Uh, well, it was for, for most of the population. Technically, still going. <laughs> Remember, my ancestors lived in the igloos. Yes. Making sure that we all lived at the North Pole. The Scandinavians and the Russians. and Just stuff. us and Pingu. Yes. Pingu would have loved it, although he probably would have been skinned alive. The poor, poor, I, I imagine poor, Pingu uh, didn't need fur from no, another animal. Yes. Uh, so I'm not too bothered. As long as I know it's a byproduct. What, I'm, what I would rather see is... Some luxury brands do do this uh, specific type of leather that's come from a specific herd and that's made it special. If that isn't a byproduct, then I think that needs to stop. Well, it's not a byproduct. They're reared specifically for their leather. I think the meat is then a byproduct of those animals. As, but is the meat generally eaten or is oh, it? I don't, a, I don't know, but I, I imagine it probably would be because I can't imagine. Well, actually, I don't know. Because the, cow, the hide sells for so much. Yeah. That, Possibly they don't, Maybe they don't actually put any 
time into feeding the cow to make the meat. I, I can't imagine that they'd be able to sell it to somebody to use. Yeah. If, if Tesco were buying horse meat at one point, I'm sure they'd buy I'm sure they'll the thank, offcuts of cow. I'm sure Tesco will thank you for reminding everyone <laughs> of, their, of their... Please don't sue us. Yeah. <laughs> as I say, on my side of it, if it's a byproduct, and if it's a true byproduct, and, and again, this should be part of the sustainable chain of, of supply, things should be checked. Those animals should be living a good quality of life, uh, like any animal that's reared for meat. And if the byproduct is then that we get leather, leather to me, having seen a lot of older cars and classic cars for, for some of the stuff that I do, I would say that those classic cars with leather, proper leather, have stood the test of time. And yeah. I've seen ones that haven't been restored, that have just been well kept, and they're 40, 50 years old, and maybe they need a little bit of patching up here and there, but they actually still stand the test of time. So if we're looking at something from an environmental standpoint, if you can have a natural covering of a seat, yeah. and it will last 50 years, and cars are kept for 50 years that to me is more sustainable than building a new car every two years and manufacturing a type yeah. of leather however i would say i have nothing against there being an option for those people that want to not be sat on cow hides and everything else and they yeah want. i mean a lot of people don't like leather as a as a seat interior i know my other no. half wouldn't want leather seats in a car no and you can have things like suede yeah. uh, the civic type r's that the ep3s i had had a suede outer yeah, which which actually was much better than leather because suede catches your 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 clothes a lot better yeah. and it keeps you in the seat much tighter. And then the middle was cloth. That to me, uh, thinking about it, the, I had a BMW M Sport years ago that I deliberately didn't buy with leather because I knew leather was very slippery on those, especially used. It's also unless you, I don't know if you can you get cooled leather seats. Yeah, you can now. Yeah. Okay, but I mean you're talking quite high. High prices, I guess, in for ones that have got cooled leather seats. You, you ought to be buying either a luxury brand or the top end of... I mean, yeah. for example, that Ranger Raptor I mentioned a couple of podcasts ago. Yeah. That'll be coming with uh, heated and cooled. But if you don't get that, then you're, on a hot day, you are going to have hot seats if you've parked in the sun. Yeah. So I can see why people wouldn't want leather. I, I think suede is a, is a great middle, but yeah. then suede is a byproduct of leather. Oh, sorry, it's a bike, it's a, it's still not a natural. Yeah, you could well suede. You can make it, I suppose. I mean, we've got a, you've got a, it's not all live stuff, obviously, but you've got to use materials to make any of the seat coverings. So yeah, it's just a lot of the vegan stuff. They they there's a particular plant that they say they they're using. It's just that for me, if it falls apart in ten years or fifteen years, and I know that's an if, not a fact. Yeah, because we don't know yet. <laughs> no, but and then it has to be replaced. Well, that's not a great answer. Yeah. Um, from from an environmental standpoint, if if a cow has been killed, so people can have beef, and I know there's a big eco thing against beef. Speak to a British farmer before you really get on that bandwagon, because a lot of the statistics for beef are shown across the world. Where, for example, in South America, they chop down the rainforest and then rear beef right, with okay. uh, I think it's corn fed. Yes, okay. Whereas in the UK, for example... It's a lot of grass-fed. It it's almost entirely grass-fed. Yeah, I mean, it'd be supplemented with other supplemented, stuff. But, I mean, yeah. it is usually supplemented, as far as I'm aware, with hay bales and silage bales, which is grass that's been grown and then it's obviously been um, harvested. I mean, silage, I know, I'm getting really boring now. That's the stuff that they'll bale and then they wrap it in plastic. 
That's so what you keep, see across so the countryside. Keeps a lot of the moisture in. Right. Whereas yeah. hay and straw dry out, silage will be kept wet, which uh, is why it's right. in the plastic. Yeah. So it keeps the moisture in, and then it just decomposes a bit. I think I don't, I'm not 100 percent sure on the final stat there. Yeah. But it's, so be, you, it's better for the. For there's the obviously animals. a question of of methane um, from the cows, but then they sequester carbon because they eat the grass, and the grass sucks up some of the carbon. So. It's just a bit more of a complex thing. But if you are a vegan yourself or you're a vegetarian, I think you should be given the option. And I have nothing against that. What do I think about the cloth? Cloth, I don't mind cloth. As I say, to me, the best mix on a seat and seats, I've, if I've known there's an option, I've gone for a cloth centre with a suede outer. Yeah. I mean, because... I wouldn't, you wouldn't say that cloth is making a comeback because it never went away. No, it just went away from the luxury brands. And yeah. now the luxury brands are sort of bringing it back. I, I just think... The, the easy answer there is have the option. doesn't yeah. take too much to have the option, does it? No. Seat to seat. And if, as long as the costing, I, I would have thought the costing is fairly similar. Yeah. Because they've, they've still got to make a seat. A, yeah, you're a seat just trim. covering the seat in something, aren't you? So whether the raw material is from a cow or the raw material is made. Yeah. Okay. I no. think that answer. Yeah. yeah okay, so, so I'm going to say, not against it, but it doesn't, I don't see it as a big plus if, if a manufacturer is offering uh, whatever type of vegan or environmental connection for their seats because i think that the other options we have with the exception of some of the luxury brands that are picking out a particular herd and possibly just killing that herd for to have very fancy seats and people can tell their friends oh i've got a particular type i've never cared you know you hear some of them say well, we've got ball leather, ball tied leather or something, yeah. and it's kept without barbed wire fences, so it's never got any nicks in it. I couldn't care. Yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm sure you can make it nice. It's, it's a way for people to charge a little bit more money, isn't it? It's the yeah. luxury brand and and all that. But, but yeah, I think we're good with it as long as it's reasonably sustainable. Is what we've said. Yeah, that's the within reason. That's the main takeaway. On that okay. One. Next question. This is going to be a good one. You'll enjoy this one. This one's from Patrick. We've had this one for quite a while. What is your guilty pleasure car? Oh, right, yeah, okay. Loving, loving your work, chaps. That's a good question, Patrick. Um, Sam, I'm not, you got I'm, one? Well, I'm not going to judge him on his for a start. I feel like I should. Yeah. But I'm not going to, because I'm not going to start insulting the listeners. No. I do have one, actually. I've never driven it. I've never sat in it. But I'm talking from aesthetics. Yeah. And I'm going to stand over the other side of the room once I've said it. <laughs> but it's a, I'm talking top spec. So it's a fairly modern car. And I don't. the basic ones, no. But the Peugeot three hundred eight, or was it the three double zero eight? The new, the newish one, sort of Ford Focus size. Okay, I quite is it like GTI? It. No, it's a, well, I don't think just so. as a regular, spec. yeah, just a four door, Ford Focus size Peugeot. And what? I know I really shouldn't like a Peugeot, but if I no, had the money and needed that size car, I'd probably buy one. What's the attraction? It's just a really nice looking car. Yeah. Okay. Engine. Don't I know. don't know. Don't know You're anything about it. On I the just, road I, like, there's Look. a couple down my street that I see every day. I'm just like, it's such a nice looking car, but it's a Peugeot. <laughs> Peugeot did do some quite good stuff. They actually. have, they have over the years, but they've got a, they have got a, um, a reputation for building mediocre, moving people around boxes. They they did some really good stuff. They, they, good like, they did the 205 GTI yeah. and stuff like that. But then they, but I mean, this this is just genuine. This is just a family yeah. hatch. Guilty pleasure for me that car can't beat, I can't like, beat that. A car that I like <laughs> that I know is a bit rubbish. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, basically. Oh, there's there's a lot that sort of 
springing to my mind, but I I don't really have a a lot of them aren't that bad in the first place. Do you know? The, I mean, I've set the bar really low, mate. You can't you can't get you can't embarrass yourself here, can no, you? I think. Um, Audi A2 with a 1.4 diesel engine. Oh, I didn't think you could, but you did. <laughs> well done. <laughs> because that car was so advanced for its time. Huge miles per gallon, very light, a lot of space inside quite a small footprint. And a lot of people just ignored it and didn't like the look of it. Going to have a minute's silence for your reputation in <laughs> automotiveness. No. Now. From, from an automotive standpoint of uh, cars that are built and engineered in a smart way, I think that was uh, a, a good shout, especially with that little 1.4 diesel. It wasn't fast. Well, I've driven one. It, it wasn't <laughs> fast. Um, but I, you wouldn't expect it to be. But what it was was frugal and quite quite Frugal? Special. Yeah. Ah. There you go. I'll just got his... Uh, so that would be... Fiat out today. <laughs> that would be a guilty pleasure. I can't think... Oh, Fiat Panda 1. Oh, come on, Fiat. Fiat. Fiat Panda with 100 horsepower, the 100 horsepower model. I All remember... Right, James May. Oh, he, 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 did he have a 100 horsepower or did he have a 4x4 four four oh, one? Uh, no, he had a 4x4 four four one on one of the challenges. So I remember when I, I was in uh, I was in Greece somewhere and they offered me an orange Fiat Panda as a rental car. How thrilling. It was. It was the, the, the fire-breathing one litre. And I, I remember going down, was going up one of their main roads and we were going then up a, I wouldn't quite call it a mountain, but a, a, quite a steep incline. And having to go down to fourth, down to third, and then to keep up with the coach that was in front of me taking tourists to their villas down to second and right. having But it was it it dashed around pretty nicely. Well I mean I'll give you it, mate. I didn't think you could do any worse than the Peugeot three double oh eight or the three oh eight. Well I think it's the three double oh eight. I think you're right. Um but well you managed it twice. Yeah. So that's impressive. Yeah, that Audi A two, seriously, if you are out there and you're looking for something that's uh not the obvious Small car with good space and uh, low running costs. Then go and buy anything else but the Audi A2. <laughs> <laughs> go and buy the Audi A2. Go and buy it. Go and buy it. Anyway, uh, that was a good question. I, I like that one because it just makes you think. It, yeah. I didn't expect it because you had some of them. Well, I've, got, I've got the questions in front I of know, me. Yeah. You uh, this one's a you question because as the listeners I'm sure have gathered by now, I'm not always the... Uh, I like my mechanics, but I might not be the most technical thought person. So. Okay. Warren has asked, what's your favourite manual gearbox? I mean, I almost fell asleep reading the question. Do you, um, do, you, do you have an answer? I don't have an answer. Of course, I don't have an answer. My, I could talk about the inner workings of a gearbox. Oh, but yeah. <laughs> or it's... I like I, Gearbox interest for me would be how the gearbox works and the things that you put together to make the gearbox. Rather than the feel with. as you shift yeah, between you, seconds. You can talk or... about how emotive it is when you sit in the car and flick a paddle and it changes gears seamlessly within a second. Like, yeah, a oh, it's manual. like a kingfisher sleeping, uh, sweeping across a lake. You're giving away your language. Are there any articles that you've written are really telling themselves on our website now? <laughs> yeah, if, so if, none. If, if, uh, <laughs> if fishing is in there, then you then you know it's Sam. Um, couple of good gear. So I, I'm going to stick with stuff that isn't un, unobtainium, end of the market. Yeah, that's fine. Uh, and go for a couple of things that people, a lot of people would have driven. And I'm going to stick with two particular cars. I'm just trying to think if there's anything on them. No, I'm going to stick with these two. Mazda MX-5. If you haven't driven a Mazda MX-5, go and drive one with a manual gearbox. 
Right now. Right now. Go out there. Go, now. Out go now. to a Mazda dealership. So I don't want to buy one, but I want to drive one because Miles has told me to. Yeah. Go to the branch that Miles used to work at. Tell them that well, they sent you. Well, they'll happily send you a test drive because they won't try and sell your car. <laughs> the Mark Three, which is the 2005 that takes you up to about 2013, uh, that's the generation that I would put my. Well, I sold them, um, so I really enjoyed them, but. They have just such a positive change feel. So you know you have engaged a gear because it slots home. It's not gated, but it almost feels like you're, you've got a gated manual gearbox. And as you are, you have to put a little bit of force in to get through the gears. It's not as light as, say, for example, Volkswagen's gearboxes. You could generally move with one finger, even in the performance stuff. Mm-hmm. You can slot across them because they have a reverse function where you push the gear lever down, you can't exert a lot of pressure on it because you'll end up dipping it downwards. Right, okay. Um, but the particularly first to second, I hate to give it a comparison to a gun being the, the rifle bolt thing because too many people do that. So I'm going to give it more of a, a mechanical feel. If you've ever used a very bulky tool right. where you've had to move something within it he's trying to lure me back into the conversation with the yeah. tools can you think of a tool that you could do that i'm, I'm trying to think what, what what am i doing in, with the tool? in a way that it would have the next bit of it loaded up so you just pull something and it's say like uh, a sanding you know that if you take a sander and you need to remove the belt every now and again but obviously you manually yeah. do that is there anything that you would just sort of pull to my knowledge no. oh actually i'll tell um, you what a lawnmower you know when right. you're lifting and dropping the yeah oh okay yeah, the height. You've got like a lever yeah. there. So on the on the model that Miles has seen, which we use, is a Hater Harrier Fifty Six, which has got like a. Well, it's there just it's just gated heights, isn't it? And it's a very definite feel. But if you if you've got it on top setting from where you store it, and you just knock it out with your foot to yeah. the side, it yeah. can fall all the way down into number one, oh, which really? is obviously the lowest setting. Okay, which would be the sim- most similar feeling for me to imagine what you're talking about. Okay, because I was going to say, but you know it's there. Oh, you, yeah. you, there's no, there's yeah, no their, way. Their gates are about an inch okay. wide. Yeah. So you can slot it in with say, some, that's the some thing, force. Having driven an MX-5 with great enthusiasm. So the MX-5 is like a lawnmower. Oh. That's what we're taking away from <laughs> <Yeah>. this. <laughs> it just had a very positive... And never... You would you know you've gone into fourth. You know you've engaged third. And the, the way it, it just gives you a, a very nice, satisfactory feeling of, I've selected this gear here and I really have... I've got it. And yeah. it, it's quite rewarding as well because when you do get a, a positive gear change, you know that it was your force and it almost feels like you've been the one. Not that there's any assistance on most gearboxes, but the way the mechanical movement feels, it just feels like you have a little bit extra control over this car. Second would be the Honda Civic Type R EP3. I've owned two of them. I love both of them. The The second one had a skunk were a skunk two gear knob which was a weighted gear knob which meant it just sort of slotted home if you came out of third it sort of dropped into fourth which i didn't like i preferred it when it had a lighter gear knob right the one that it came as standard and you had to demand it through the gears and again it was because each gear was positively selected yeah there was no there was no question of where i was through for an example BMW M3 E46, I've driven several of those with a manual gearbox. And it's a good gearbox, it's just not 
I mean, it's certainly a lot better than the SMG. It's just not a great gearbox. It, it, there's a, a little bit of slack or something there, but it's not. It's, I'll tell you what, it's not slack. That's unfair. It just feels uh, there's a tiny bit of rubberiness, I would say, between switching in the gears. Mm-hmm. Um, and people that have owned one, or people that do own one, will know what I mean when you sort of move across second to third. It's almost like you have a rubber buffer that, that keeps you and, and manages to slot you across the gears whereas the mx5 and the civic type r it feels very mechanical there's it feels like you've got a a a metal gate and that's what you hit up the way up so manual gearboxes i don't want to knock the m3 by the way i just it was just the best example i could immediately think of just a little bit a little bit rubbery in comparison to those very positive feeling If, if you can hear on the recording if you can hear uh a little bit of knocking around it's my watch so i keep lifting my hand as if i'm doing a gear gear change and i, I realize i've just been lifting it up to the microphone accidentally so no, that's that's my answer for that one so yeah. who knew you could do eight minutes on gearboxes really was that eight minutes yeah oh, goodness <laughs> me. i hope um, everyone's right. still there i'm gonna yeah me too i'm gonna save miles's last question because there is one more miles question which is well it's mainly miles i mean i'd be included but i've probably not got as much knowledge so we'll save that one till last um let's go with Paul's question next. Evo or Subaru? Very abrupt and to the point. So he's talking about Mitsubishi Evo or Subaru I, STI and I guess. Yeah, I don't like Impreza. Well, the Impreza's, yeah. yeah. Okay. Sam, you got a, you got a, or do you want me to go for an answer? Uh, you can, if you want. I've driven... I want particular yeah. numbers. I've driven the Mitsubishi Evo 8. Uh, I can't remember which one it was. I think it was a 3... I think it was an FQ 330, but I could be wrong. And I've driven the Blobeye and the Hawkeye, if you know your Subaru Impreza's, uh, both in STI and WRX. Uh, they, To me, a lot of people compare these cars because of what they were, but rally-bred saloons, big spoilers on the back, four-cylinder turbocharged engines. But I, I know they're competitors. I just think they're actually very good cars in their own rights. My attraction has always been to the Mitsubishi Evo 8. So the 8 and the 9 I particularly like. I know the 7 is the same, but I think the 7 is just... It it needed a few improvements, which the 8 brought in, and the 9 furthered. So I I would go... As much as I think the Subaru is a very good car, and I really enjoy the boxer engine noise, and the STI is is a great performer, uh, for me the the Evo would be the preference, and probably along a... Uh, an FQ 300, 330, 340, whatever they were. Um, a guy I used to work with had the 260. So the Evo 8 260, which was the lowest horsepower you could buy. And he bought it because he was intending to tune it. And he had been told that the five-speed, because if you bought a 260, you've got a five-speed gearbox. If you bought everything above that, you've got a six-speed gearbox. And conventional wisdom at the time was that the six-speed couldn't handle as much tuning through it right. as what the five-speed could. So I think he got up to about 450, possibly more than that. He had a GTR before that before that car, so he was tuning that 260. And I remember going out with it in him, worked with him, and uh, it was it got faster and faster the whole time <laughs> he had it. So I don't know what his final horsepower figure on it was, but that five speed remained in the car. So I don't know. I don't, I don't know. 
people who are Mitsubishi Evo fans will know if that stood the test of time, that bit of wisdom or not. But I think for me, I'd, I'd probably just have a 300 and stick with the six speed. So Evo for me. So okay. Yeah, Evo 5 for me. Or Evo a variation now, so a 4 or a 6, they're all much the much the same. Because? I just, well, that's when I was the youngest, that's the one I saw. They, they're quite, they're a bit bulkier looking, I think. Yeah, the, that's why I liked them. It's the proper, it looks like a proper rally car. I don't think the newer ones looked as much like a rally car. But an honourable mention for the Subaru Impreza WRX STI WR1. Okay. Which was a limited edition yeah. in sort of that like really, really metallic-y, silvery blue. I, I know the one. Did it yeah. have, was it have gold wheels? Oh, no, did no, it have, it didn't. Did no. it have gunmetal wheels? Possibly. I, ca- I can remember the wheels look different. I remember what? having that on my bedroom wall. Oh, maybe that's what I saw. Power, so. Yeah, maybe that's what I saw. Okay. But yeah, so for me, probably Evo as well, but just a bit of an older one. So, sorry to Subaru fans, it's two, it's two votes. It was, for... it was two one, because I voted twice. Yeah, okay. <laughs> okay, yeah, we'll have that. <laughs> um, quick one from Tomash. I think that's how you pronounce it. Um, car you irrationally hate. Now, you've written this question down. You've already written my answer <laughs> Do you know on what? a bit of paper. <laughs> I, so I got this question in and I thought, oh, I'm definitely putting that on this podcast because I knew we were going to do questions and answers. And uh, I just, yeah, I, I knew. I put in little brackets next to it. I was like, well, I know what Sam's answer is going to be. Do you want me to go first? Or would you... <laughs> you can go first because I've got to think of something. Okay, it's the Audi R8 or as I call it, the Audi TT because they both look exactly the same and there's just a pointless car and I hate it in every way and there's no reason for me hating it. So I would disagree, and Sam and I disagree a lot on the uh, Audi R8. Because the I Audi think, TT. I, I think... They are one and the same. I, I particularly think the early generations, the 07 onwards, was actually a bit of a cracker with a V8. And I know, yeah, this is a debate we've had now for 15 years <laughs> yeah. since it came out. And I won't be changed, and I will not see reason. No, no even, not with the, even with the newer generations, you, you've stuck with the same... No, it's just it hasn't got any soul or feeling about it. It just looks like a generic TT. Gated manual gearbox. Oh, who cares? <laughs> it looks awful. doesn't stand out from the crowd in any way at all. I mean, no one's going to agree with me. I know it's irrational, but I don't like it. That's your way. irrational hate, is it? Yep. Yours? Um, you going to pick on something I like? What's, what stuff do you like, Sam? Yeah. I've got all the good stuff. Yeah. <laughs> I can't actually think of stuff that I would irrationally... Uh, uh, one of the Nissan... Kashkai, not the Kashkai, the Duke. Probably. Oh, that's not an irrational hatred. I no. think anyone with taste or eyes. Well, it's, just, it's, pro- it's probably not a bad car for people that just want a mode of travel. Oh, the irrational hate Toyota CHR. Could you just check this on your on your phone? CHRV. No, the, so CHR. I, no, we've got to. I, I always confuse it with. I think the, I think it's. CHR. There's a Honda that's a CRV, but I want the Toyota, and I think it might be a CHR. Can you double, if you can double check for us, get a picture up. Yes. My irrational hate for it is because I can't fit in it. This is not a small it's also, vehicle. It's also not a good looking car. So I got You're in... rubbish at this game. <laughs> you don't, you quite like it. Okay. No, I don't like it. Oh. Because I think it's one of those cars that most people won't really like because it's not a very good looking car. Some, but what? Well, I've seen loads of them on the road. This well, yeah, is... but it doesn't mean that people think it's a good looking car. Sure. I got in this, genuinely... I, I think I've mentioned this on the podcast previously, actually. I My upper body didn't fit, as in my head was touching the roof in the seat's lowest setting, <laughs> and I put a load of lean on it, and I thought, you you wouldn't have... You, you would have had the exact same struggle. So, yeah, okay. Well, I'll accept that one. I, I just can't think of something else that I would irrationally hate. I don't really... And to, be, to me, if it's got wheels 
I don't hate it. Okay. There's there's some motorbikes. Well, even the Audi R8. Love the R8. <laughs> <laughs> I thought I might catch you there. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, that's all right, I suppose. Uh, yeah, there's a few motorbikes that I'm not a particular fan of, but there's some that I really like. So, like cars. We could do a motorbike episode when we get your friend, our, our friend, Michael, in on a, uh, do you know as, a, as a guest appearance. It's interesting he likes because a motorbike. we do do a little bit of research for what people want to hear, and sometimes we do get ideas from people. And one of the things I've heard from other people that do this sort of stuff, whether it's podcasting, YouTubing, uh, and a couple of people that we sort of soundboarded off for different ideas for podcasts, all said, don't do motorbikes. Oh. Apparently, they don't do very well. They just oh, okay. People just are not interested. I don't know whether that's because the people that enjoy motorbikes really aren't interested in what the reviewers have to say or whether they just have a very specific... I think it's MCN is the is the outlet that do... Oh, let's ask him. We'll get him in as a guest yeah, we and then get... we say, well, you can't come back, mate. Look at the ratings for yes, this podcast. exactly. It's terrible. It must have been all no your fault. No one listened to yeah. it. <laughs> um, so, yeah, Rational Hate, I, I don't really have... Just, just stuff that I can't fit in that I feel like I should be able to. I feel this way, actually, about a lot of Japanese pickup trucks that you like because they're a good size on the outside. They're not on the inside, though. I, even I'll accept that. I, I mean, just, if you get an old sort of O2 Mitsubishi... Oh, L200? Yeah, like a, an animal or a warrior. If you get one of those, even I struggle to fit in that. If I sit in that, my, my head's touching the ceiling. It's, it's, so you, you'd have to be, I don't know, laid into the back of the Yeah. I, I don't know, just I find it bizarre that because from the outside they're they're quite a good size. And then the yes, I think the bottom, the floor is just too high. The actual floor that you're sat yeah, on. Yeah, that's the problem. The seats don't and then go because they step low. up at the back as well, usually. Yeah. So the floor steps up ever so slightly into the back seat. So if you sit in the back it's even you're worse. You're even even worse. Yeah, so that's probably... I can't sit in the back of those. Even I have to sit with my head sideways if I sit in the back of one of those. So. But I'm I'm sort of making that rational. This is supposed to be irrational. All right, well, let's give oh, you... Any, anyone, anyone who cuts off the emission control thing at the back of their car and dumps a load of black smoke right. into my car, I don't like you. And I know a lot of oh, people... This isn't people you irrationally hate. <laughs> okay, sorry. Cars that you irrationally anyone hate. That, but any car that I see, and I know people will go, oh, and it's fast like that. We're, we're desperately trying to keep engines on the road and it's really not helping our case when we sort of say, can we keep combustion engines when people have got decap pipes and are just pumping out. I mean, you can smell some of them. We were following, a little while ago, we were following a car home from the gym. I think it might have been a Subaru. And I said, you, you said, can, can you smell that? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, I, and we had, it was winter. We had the windows up. And I was like, what is it? And then we, the car that was directly in front of us turned away and we could see the car in front of them. And he was just spewing emissions out the back. I don't know why he'd want to drive his car like that. I'd be embarrassed to drive down the road. I really would. I know some people obviously don't care, but I I don't know if 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 there's anything that wasn't just the, you know, the sort of um, the condensation you get coming out the back of the car if it's really cold. Yes. You just started it up. If it was anything other than that, even when I have too much of that, when I'm sat at the lights, I'm thinking, oh, is there something wrong with the car? Just spewing out. But I'm like, oh no, it's just condensation. um, Yeah. And then it clears. Yeah. No, I, I just, look, I know, I know, I understand. They are faster like that. That's great. Use them on a track, and I, I know people. Oh, I want flames coming out of the exhaust. Look, I was there with you fifteen years ago. The trouble is, we we are more aware of dumping particulates out of exhaust. We are more aware that breathing them in is really, really bad for you. So you know what? You can tune a car, and respectable tuning companies 
do do really good packages leaving these emission controls on. But that is for a separate podcast that's coming up. Yeah. We're discussing this. <laughs> so I'm not going to go too far into it. It's just, a, I suppose, again, I'm rationalising it. But yeah. So Miles hasn't got one that he rationally hates. He'll think about it. And then in about three podcast time, he'll be like, right, I found one. Or three <laughs> months. If, yeah. if podcast 110 comes out, and I go, yeah. Sam, I've been thinking about the this. The name of that podcast will be the podcast where he finally answers. Yeah. Miles has been thinking. Yeah. Uh, the next one's actually quite a good one. This one's from okay. Danny, um, potentially female Danny, but the way it's spelt. Okay, so, cool. Not that we're judging, obviously. Yeah. It's good to have, glad to, uh, good glad to have, to have both question, sexes Danny. involved. Yeah. Right, so I'm going to split this down into three because it's It's a sort of three-part question. So it's favourite supercar, favourite hypercar, and favourite extreme off-roader. So we'll start with your favourite supercar. Supercar, are we talking Ferrari, Porsche? Well, yeah, anything that's not classed as a hypercar. But if you okay. give me a hypercar and it's a hypercar, I'll tell you. Oh, what's the LFA? Is that a hypercar? Or is that... Yeah, it's probably a hypercar, isn't it? Because of the price. I'd say so, yeah. Okay. Sports car. So with, with supercar, we'll say... Oh, sorry, supercar. Because as like, I said, Porsche you... 911 is usually considered a sports yeah, car. Unless you go for a turbo. Yeah, if you get a turbo, then it's it be a, super... a supercar, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, there you go. You've got your own criteria sorted Ooh. already. A GT3, the new GT3 Porsche. Actually, no, I'm not going to pick a Porsche because everyone will pick a Porsche. Uh, supercar. Sam, have you got an, have you got anything on? Uh, yes, Alfa Romeo 8C. You love Alphas, and I don't blame you. 8C is the one that is the longer one, the one that doesn't look like an Audi R8. No, I think the 8C is the one that's no, we've had 250 grand. Yeah, the really expensive one. Okay, but yeah. with that, well, yeah, the okay, supercar. The, the sorry, sorry. is the one sorry. that looks a bit more like an Audi TT sort I, of shape. I had, I keep saying sports car in my mind. Yeah, which is why I thought, no, you can't have a 250. So, okay, I was supercar. Correct. Yes, you like to say you were wrong on tape. I, I was wrong. There you go. Clip that, uh, someone. <laughs> so you what? Alpha Eight C for me. That's your supercar. I'm going to double check that I'm getting that right, and because I always get confused between the two numbers. While A you DBS. Aston Martin. Oh no, I'm not. I can't pick. Oh, Aston you're so Martin. generic, Miles. No, I can't pick Aston Martin. You can. No, no. You are allowed to reference them. I know it's a used one, so it doesn't help me at all with. Uh, but um, no, I'm going to go for something yeah, else. Yeah, the Alfa Romeo 8C. I'm just going to show Miles a picture so he knows which one I mean. Okay. Do you know what I'm going to go with? Bit. Uh, well, very left field. Honda NSX, the new one with the hybrid technology. Oh, okay. Because no one really pays them any attention, and uh, and I think that's a shame. Um, it's a crying shame. And the only other thing I would pick if I was picking a supercar, Ferrari F430 Scuderia. Okay. But if I could have F4 one with a manual... A 360CS if I had to yeah. pick a Ferrari. Uh, yeah. And a, a, a manual gearbox somehow fit into <laughs> it. Just jammed in there. Yeah, just take it to someone who's willing to put a manual in it. Okay, so that's the supercar answered. Are we, we comfortable with those answers? In the middle of saying hypercar, then. Was it just uh, choking? Um, yeah, I'm comfortable with mine. Yeah, no, that's fine. I just, I, I'm just checking off in my head, sort of category wise. It's probably, it's probably edging towards hypercar pricing. Everyone for mine, but uh, it's, it's not a hypercar. An Alfa, you can't have an Alfa Romeo hypercar. By all means, uh, if you, if anyone listening has got answers for these, Sam, can you pop these up on Facebook? Yes. Later yeah, on. Yeah, I will do. And by all means, over the weekend, pop your answers in. In fact, probably just. We can probably put that question in the manual question. Yeah. Uh, maybe irrational hate, and some people can tell us what they hate. But yeah, okay. Uh, because these oh, are I easy. Can do them, I can do the irrational hate because I know which picture I'll use. Yes, I'm sure you will. Because <laughs> uh, I think that's a really good question. I think there's a lot of supercars to pick from. There is. That, that's why it just. Ooh. Do you want to guess each other's hypercar? 
Yeah, go on. Uh, I think I think I've got a more difficult job here. I think you have for you. But I, think I don't so. know if you'll get the model right. Koenigsegg. Yeah, but which one? CCX. No. No way. No. Um, I'm regretting playing oh. this now because I don't even know where I'm going to start. Is it the the one that is because they have a CA? No, it's CCX, I'll, I'll, CCR. I won't waste your time. It's the Agera R. Oh. Or the Agera R, depending on how you pronounce it. I was between that and I don't know if we want to have like a one off race spec, your favourite race spec non road legal okay. section. Yeah. Because <laughs> I wanted to chuck a Vulcan in there. Oh, see, I would pick a Vulcan as well, and I can't because it's Aston Martin. <laughs> you <so. can. laughs> um, yeah, I'm going to end the game there and ask you to tell us what your favourite hyperpower is because I don't even know where I'd begin, to be honest. No? Um, let me try and guess the company first. Okay. Is it Lamborghini? It's not. Uh, unless it's it's not going to be Bugatti, because you're not a massive Bugatti fan. A lot of respect for... Mercedes? McLaren? When they were McLaren Mercedes? No, although you, mm, you're not on the right lines, but you're getting a... I was a thinking bit. SLR, was what I was yeah, going with. Yeah, you're sort of going along the right way, but you're not. Porsche? No, no, you wouldn't pick that from. I'm surprised reasons. you didn't go Carrera GT. Yeah, I was thinking about it, but it's always been my second. Yeah, okay, that's fine. As soon as the Koenigsegg came out. Yeah. No, no, I don't think I'm going to get there. Pagani. Oh, it's because I don't like them. You don't like them? No, no, it's just a bit too much. Something like a Tricolore or something like that. Some of the later ones, but oh, well, I, yeah, one of the last, one of the last Sondas. The last, last, last Sondas. <laughs> to be honest, any of the uh, Pagani Sondas, I, I just think they're. I'm, from watching some of the interviews that Pagani, Horatio Pagani has made, and you can see he has this just passion for what he builds. He's not really interested in... I mean, he is interested in figures because, of course, that's what gets stamped on the side of any spec, but once you're at these sort of horsepower levels, who cares? Yeah. You're, you're going way too quickly anyway, so... The design comes into it, and how you make that car emotive, and I think uh, I, I just think he's a master at that. So I like it, and that would be my pick of a, a hypercar. You said the other thing was extreme off-roader. Yes. So you can't pick a Range Rover because that's not an extreme off. That's just an off-roader. Yeah, I've got mine. Oh, do you know what's funny? Oh, I've struck. I've got you there, haven't I? Because you haven't thought of yours. No. Uh, do you know Ariel do a, a vehicle called a Nomad? Oh, really? Uh, yeah, I feel like I've heard of that somewhere, yeah. I'm not going to pick that, Okay. but if you're listening out there and you're thinking... Oh. I think when I say mine, you're going to go, oh, of course. Well, I, I, I know what I'm going to pick. Right. I'm, I'm, I just wanted to mention Nomad. Or Extreme. It, what letter does it begin with? Yours. No, yours. Um, What, the manufacturer yeah. or the D? Okay, so we're not picking the same then. No. That's interesting. No, I was going. I was going. I think I was going to go for the one that you're going to pick, but I'm going to. What go does mine begin with? F. No. Oh really? <laughs> oh. It's, See, it's I what... told you you're going to go. Oh, of course. So my definition of the word extreme is that it's got suspension on it that is actually yeah, yeah. made for off-road. Yeah. Not 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 to be too compromising. It's it's basically off-road suspension you can use on something the road. you potentially take on like the Dakar Rally or yes. something like that. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Who, do you want to go first or want me to go first? You can go first with your obsolete version of mine. Dodge Ram TRX. Rubbish. 707 Awful. horsepower. Take that in the Dakar Rally against mine and I will see you when I've lapped you. you, you no. I think so. No, a TRX? Yeah. The, no. On the Dakar Rally? <laughs> what have you Across been? the sand dunes in the like mountains. a beetle that's been modified. Oh, you've got the right letter. <laughs> a 
Ah, Bowler Wild. Yeah. Cat. <laughs> Good pick. Good pick. I like that, actually. Yeah, yeah. That's, so uh, I'll I... see you when you make it to the finish line. I'll probably have got married, had children. I think the TRX would still do it, but it would still put up a good show. Yeah, for on while it's on tarmac, and How it can you, put all its power down. Can you actually just have a quick look on Autotrader? Can you actually buy a bowler right now? I, I, I wouldn't just, have thought so. They, well, I just wonder if anyone's got one up for sale because they weren't. Uh, they obviously weren't a large. Oh, are they bowler? Ah, oh, you can only buy a bowler bulldog, which What's is it look like? which is a Land Rover Defender. Is it the new Defender? No, it's the old Defender. Oh, right. that they've just turned into a, a pickup truck. A pickup truck. Well, they did do a Defender with, as, a, as a pickup. I mean, that looks pretty cool, though, to be fair. Yeah. Have a look at that if you haven't uh, ever seen one. A Bowler what's... Bulldog. What, what year 2017. Is? So one of the last runouts of the... Blimey, yeah. Sure, it's all right for 100 grand, though. There's a second are they all? Car. Are they all 100 grand? Yeah. Yeah. Are they all sort of five, all, 50 all done, miles on the clock? Yeah, then? pretty much. They're all pretty much new. So, so I've won that one. With, that was a with good all pick, of, Sam. With all of my picks. Well, no. Well, all of my picks were better. Well, they weren't. Well, what was your supercar? I was on uh, uh, ASX. Okay, so mine would, wouldn't be faster. Or a 430 But I would look so much more classy than you. When we arrived in Milan, I people would go, oh, look, there's a standard person in their Ferrari or something. Oh, look at this lovely car over here. What's this? <laughs> okay. Um, when we went to a track with the hypercar, once again, I'd see you once I caught up with you and lapped you. I think you wouldn't be able to see me for the smile on my face. The smile, well, I know, because the rearview mirror is not very big on a Koenigsegg, no, so I don't think I would be able to see My you. cheeks would be wider than the car and my lips extending out of it with the smile on my, my face. My eyes would be the size of the track with how terrified I was at the yes. pure speed of my car going around <laughs> corners. So yeah, I won that one as well. Oh, did you? Okay. Um, and the off-roader, I mean, it's not even a contest. Uh, I think I think some of our listeners will back me on a TRX. I don't think they will. Not in a race. Not in a Dakar rally race, which is what I said before we picked. Yeah, that's fair. But So you lost that. But one. the TRX does have four that's unfortunate. <laughs> You've had to start off the podcast with an apology for getting something wrong. Right. And then lost all of the contests. You, you, you're taking this moment and, and I'm running, running with, with it. it. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. only, only because it's leading us on to our last question, which well, is... A, Something Miles wants me to get involved with, because we spoke about this question before we started, but I don't have as much of a sound knowledge of how much things cost to modify and stuff. So it says, I'm looking at buying a car to use on a track. What can I buy for less than £10,000, including modifying for um, all of the safety stuff? Oh, like roll cages and fuel yeah. cut off and stuff like that. Okay. And what was the budget, sorry? Ten. £10,000 with the work done? Yeah. Okay, so let's say £2,000 in putting in a, a racing seat, a roll cage. Okay, so I've got... Could buy... be a little bit more than that. But so I've got to buy just... a car for around seven or eight grand. Yeah, let's just give it a limit of seven and a half, and that gives you a little bit of okay. leeway. Mazda 3 MPS. There's a track car. Why not? Well, it's not... It's not... It wouldn't be my first pick for track. Oh, it's not well, a bad... There we go, you see? I told oh, you it wasn't going to be very good at this one. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's got back doors and seats. Yeah. Four doors are better, I've told you this. Around a track? <laughs> yeah. Someone should call it You've got more ways Formula to get one. out when you flipped it. <laughs> oh, is that Formula One? You're doing it all wrong. Oh, hi, is that Formula One? I realise you don't have doors. I think you should add four. <laughs> yes. Okay. Is that your Is that your final? Yeah. I thought an MX-5 would be a better track. Purely because I don't really have a massive... It's not that I don't have an interest. I just don't, It doesn't inspire me to go and buy a car and modify it and take it around the track. No, I, and I suppose... I'd rather buy a car that was... 
sort of ready to sort of go on a track or just not modify it to go racing. But this person's asking about actually going like amateur racing. So Right. So this is there's two questions. There's two answers here. If you are talking about amateur racing and going into a racing league and you haven't done it before. Well, I'm assuming if he's going to modify the car to go on a track. Yeah. I imagine he's going to go racing with it. Yeah, sorry, but I mean, you can join like a racing league oh, okay. or you could just have a track day car at the weekend that you trailer to the right, track okay. and enjoy. Right. And so there's there's two answers depending on what you are now. There's a, the, the answer I'd give, if this is going to be your, you want to join a race series as cheaply as you can and ha- be on a race calendar and say do 10 or 15 races competitively a year and you want to dip your toe into the water, don't laugh. Okay, because well, apparently is... I picked a ridiculous car, so I can't no, no, for anything. No, no. But, th- but this is if you want to join a race series, Citroen C2, which right. is also the Toyota Ago, which is also the Peugeot 100. Do you mean Citroen C1? Sorry, Citroen C1. Yeah, Peugeot. That's another thing you've done wrong. Peugeot 107, Toyota Ago. Yes, so is it 107? Yeah, 107, yeah, sorry. Yeah. Am I getting this right? Is it no, a yeah, C1? it's fine. Yeah, C1. Definitely an Ago. And a C1, yeah. They they run a race series for this for these cars. God, they must fall over a lot. Well, that because you put race suspension on them, yeah, they're slammed still... to the ground. Okay. Um, if you're just dipping your tone, you're going to have about seventy horsepower. Once you've stripped that thing, it's going to weigh seven hundred ish kilos, and you could buy a car. Let's if you buy a reasonable one, three grand will get you the car. You could then you have see this is the difference between having a track day car that you go and enjoy yourself. Yeah, and joining a race, race league. league, race league, you have to do things by regulation. Yeah, and so if you're going to do it, then you can save some money. If you can get someone else to do it, a three grand car, you're going to start to jut up the budget by paying someone because you need a fire extinguisher fitted in a certain way. You need a fuel sh- a shut off pull on the exterior of the car so that a marshal can come and shut your engine down if you have a fire. You need a FIA approved racing seat so you can't just go and put any old bucket seat in it has to be one that's approved for the race series right you could you're restricted to the parts that you can fit because the whole idea is you're racing cheaply with low horsepower for competitive racing and so you can't modify the engine pretty much in any way you can service it there's a cut you can fit you fit an ECU that the race coordinators have you basically pay them and they send you a new ECU. Right, okay. So it, it doesn't really add any power, but that way they check and they make sure it's their ECU that you have fitted and that it's okay. not been tampered with and they make sure that no one can have their car tuned up for a, a few more horsepower. You have to have certain wheels. You can buy shaved race tyres, which are more expensive, so they actually take some of the tread off because then you're running a slightly cleaner profile tyre but this all gets expensive quite quickly and you'll have a custom uh, race suit you've got to have a custom steering wheel you've got to have a a roll cage fitted in all the exact ways there's a great youtube channel for this that have slipped uh sam can you do a bit of filler for us a bit of filler let me um, see if I can find. I mean, if you, I don't know if you can still find them online, but I know they're taking them off Netflix. But I know Top Gear did a. Um, oh, they did. They did they? an episode once where they they bought a BMW and they did a track race at Silverstone. And a Citroen. Oh, they did the twenty four so, hours. Yeah, so that I was just thinking, if you if you are interested, that could be worth seeing. If you can look up and find the clips on YouTube and just run through, it would be very basic because obviously it was made for dramatic television. But that might be worth having a look at and seeing if you can find that just to give you an idea of what it's like. 
but that was a 24-hour one. But they did do, they did one where the three of them went amateur racing, didn't they? Which is exactly what this person's asking about, where they bought a Citroen Saxo. I can't remember what the other two bought, but I think they did that for less than 10 grand because it was, yes, it was, um, the task was, can you go amateur racing for less than it costs to for a be a membership. member of a golf course, wasn't it? Yeah. So the, yeah, that could be. The name of the channel that did this, it's a YouTube channel, it was called uh, Bad Obsession Motorsport, and they have a Mini that they work on in there, but I'm just trying to go, They there's the, there's the car, Sam, so it was a Citroen C1, isn't it? I was right. And they have this build, so they bought the vehicle for 850 quid, and then they they have a series, there's about a 10-part series of them building it up and going racing with it. So if you are you are wanting to get into competitive racing, you've never done it before, and you'd love to have a bit of a time on track, then don't jump straight into going into something that's fast and a hot hatch, because once you've stripped all the weight out and you're on a competitive racetrack, if you've got 200 horsepower, unless you are an experienced driver that can handle that power competitively, you are probably going to... The car's going to be going faster than you can think for you know having eight cars that are all two inches off your bumpers so something like that those cheaper race series also you have to consider if you buy a faster more powerful vehicle your chances of having an incident are higher and the parts to repair it are more expensive you buy one of those citroen c1s there's probably thousands of them in breakers yards across the country so that if you do need a new boot lid a new wheel yeah you can go and just buy one for you can negotiate a price for buying one you can probably get a bonnet for 20 quid you know you can keep it um, cheap if you're just looking for something to enjoy you yourself you live near a track and you want to take it there on the weekend and and possibly it will you'll still mot it every year so that it's not just a track toy um there's oh there's there's lots of options master three mps (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> if it was a Mazda, people will laugh and people will whinge, but uh, RX-8, because RX-8, and the RX-8 is built to be a well-balanced chassis, it's going yeah, to be... Yeah, so it be good on a track. Yeah, it's going to be terrible on fuel, it's going to need a lot of maintenance, but you know what, if it's your take it around to a track every few weeks... Yeah, and you can use it for a couple of hours. Yeah, then, um, and you can buy them very cheaply, and you can modify them. Uh, so, there's that. Nissan 350Z would be the other one. Bit bigger, bit more powerful. Well, a lot more powerful. Uh, the modifications you'll need. So it's only two seats in the first place. Once you strip weight out of that, this is the other thing. If you're looking at something for a track, you can start stripping a lot of the interior bits and putting carbon bits on, and getting horsepower by saving weight. A lot yeah, of that's people... all stuff you could do yourself at home. Like you yeah. could take seat, you could take the spare seat out and this take is... the rear bench out if there's a rear bench. In this the is car. really important because when people are talking about their road car, they want to keep all the luxuries and have some more power. So they go for a remap somewhere or they go and get a garage to do something. If you're talking about your track car, that you want to go and have... out. Yeah, you can just save weight and you can do all this stuff cheaply yourself with a set of spanners. Just taking bits off that you that you know you don't need anymore. Take the passenger seat out. You could take the electric windows out. Yeah, you don't need them. Replace them with the plastic windows that yep. they use for racing. Exactly that. And so you, and you could sell all these parts as well. So as you're taking them out, you could sell them. You yeah, might only sell them to a if you're going to keep it as a as a track vehicle. Other things that would be good for a track: Megan two two five, a Renault Sport two two five. Again, you could strip that out, put some lightweight wheels on it, be a good track car. 
um, Vauxhall Corsa 18SR if you could find one if you could find <laughs> one just and, and everyone would think what's he turned up in that for and then but you'd have a great time because it's one of those smaller cars that you'd be using all the power but, but but people won't know that the car exists so few people know that car exists yeah they'll think you've turned up in a 1.2 Corsa yeah and then you'll actually have some power why, and, why is he keeping up with me yeah yeah and to keep it in budget so this is why you've got to go older because yeah, when within, you run into like your VXRs and your STs and stuff. Yeah, I'm just thinking what the Japanese. I mean, a Civic Type R EP3 generation, but they're starting to get higher and higher in price. But they again, you've got to have something that you can, can get take an FN2 as well. You could, but you've got to have something that can take the abuse. Civic Type R could take the abuse. Yeah, VXR wouldn't take the abuse. It wouldn't. Not the, because the gearbox would be left behind. This is the thing. A hundred miles on a track is a thousand miles on the road, if not more. Yeah. So you've got to, when you're considering tracks, you really have to be thinking about cost. If you can get something with a bit of a ubiquitous fast engine, and that way if something breaks, you can replace bits on it cheaply. Yeah, and obviously the older you go, the more likely it is that some of the parts are going to give up, so you're going to have to start thinking about replacing parts. This is where it... Motorsport's never cheap, but it's very, very fun. Yeah. And going back to what you said, to I would love to end something like those endurance races... And you could certainly pick up an old BMW saloon car, yeah, um, and and do all the bits that are needed to get that into something like a long distance racing series. Yeah, I mean, that'd be cool. If you've got a races. couple of mates, you could, you know, maybe try and enter that yeah. twenty-four hour event or something. Again, it depends how your ten grand is split up. If it's like four of you chipping in, I remember years ago I had a good friend that I worked with, and he was very serious about doing this, and he wanted to go fifty-fifty, uh, right, on okay. a, and he wanted to go drifting. The problem right. is if you go drifting. Things break very quickly. Yeah. <laughs> and so really you do need to be sharing the costs out unless you do have a good budget to set aside just for maintaining the car. When you're splitting it between two of you, obviously it halves your costs. Splitting it between three or four, it's the same way a lot of people own general aviation aircraft. They right. own them as a small group. It might be yeah, six yeah. people that yeah. have all chipped in because they're your average person can't afford £100,000 for some no. even the most lower end of the market uh, planes. And so you all have a pot that you fill to, to maintain it. Mm-hmm. And this this the same work with a with a track car. If it's just you, I would try and stick with things. That are a bit, I know I said RX-8 first and people would say, oh, they will blow up. Well, they're designed to sit at 8,000 RPM. They will need rebuilding. But it doesn't really matter if, they're, <laughs> yeah. if it's managed on the road or on the racetrack. The way it's designed, it, it will need rebuilding at some point. Uh, but you can put stronger tips on the rotors and things like that. I can't think nothing else springs to mind, Sam. Anything you want to add? Well, no, I've been shut down on this topic, so... Um, <laughs> Sorry, mate. Me me and me Mazda will just stay here in the corner. Yeah. No, I mean, you'd be very... Well, it, you could have a lot of fun. I would. Uh, I'm sure you would. But no, I feel like we've answered, uh, we've answered that question. Was that all of them? That's all the questions we've got for today. I mean, it's filled us up nicely to an hour, so... Wow. Okay. I think that's. Uh, I think we've done it right. I think most of it was you talk about gearboxes. Yeah. So everyone probably got left. Yeah. Thirty minutes ago. Probably should have saved that to the end. Yeah. Miles going to go into a boring <laughs> fest now. So if you want to, if you want to skittle off, then feel free. I hope it does remind people out there if they do want something that they can just enjoy, especially with the summer soon. Go buy a gated gearbox. Well, go and buy an <laughs> MX Five. Setting yeah. it in the garden. But, but go if you you know you could have a lot of fun in an MX Five for five thousand pounds. You yeah. can buy a brand new one for twenty five thousand pounds. Yeah. So you know your budget doesn't have to be spending loads and loads of money. You can have good fun in an MX five, and because they're Mazdas, they're Japanese, they're very, they're relatively 
reliable. I wouldn't say they're... No, I'd say they're very reliable, actually, the MX-5s. They're pretty robust. You don't always need me here to have a chat, do you? Sometimes you have a chat Just about myself, yeah. (laughs) If you ever can't make a podcast, uh, people won't know, because I'll I'll still be here debating it. No, you can. Well, no, you can't. Actually, yeah, I think you can. (laughs) But yeah. So is that a, is that a stunt? Yeah, well, we're aiming to maybe do one of these every sort of six weeks, two months, or something. So uh, yeah, if I people can keep sending the questions in, that'd be great. The next one we've got Q and A, I think, is about the most trade. And when I was doing it, yeah, okay, that's that's in a few weeks yet. So if you've got any more questions along that, then yeah, and by all means, we can always add in, in add in some car based questions if you've got things you want to know. Yeah, okay. Everyone, thank you very much for listening. If you enjoy it, I've said it before, but do share it with people that you think will also enjoy it. It it helps us out, and we just would love to be able to spread this uh, podcast around a bit more. Obviously, we do our bit, but if you can help us out and do your bit, that would be amazing for us. Uh, Don't forget to like it and review it. Like, share, and whatever I said last week. Yes, whatever (laughs) And we've got the Instagram and the Facebook. And you can catch, if you want to leave a comment, Sam, you'll put these... Uh, questions up on yep. Facebook. Yeah, I'll put them up in. And in uh, by all means, you can just send a message on Instagram or on the website, which is themilesdriven.com. Thanks everyone for listening. We'll catch you in the next one. Obrigado. Oh,